The Jeremiah Show is brought to you by Franny Annie's Infant Care. <laughs> Franny Annie's Child Care is currently accepting new enrollment for children 2, 3, and 4 years old. As caregivers of young children in the community, our vision of giving optimal consideration to the children and the families continues to evolve as we do. Simply stated, our goals are as follows. To attain an astounding level of trust and communication with the child and the parent. To keep alive the daily commitment to respectful and responsible relationships. And to join with families in creating a supportive link between the workday and home life. Franny Annie's Child Care is currently accepting new enrollment for children 2, 3, and 4 years old. Call or text 805-689-9349. This is the show that pulls back the industry curtain. We're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show, and he's your radio host. And now, back from a race around the sun... Jeremiah Higgins. It's the Jeremiah Show and Evolve Entertainment. Featuring It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. Mike Gormley presents Music Icons. The Arwen Lewis Show. Down with Dee Dee Pfeiffer. The Angel Baby Show. And Luis Goffin's Song Chronicles. Good morning and welcome to the Jeremiah Show. As you all probably know now, sadly, tragically, yesterday, Front Street in Lahaina burned to the ground. And Fleetwoods on Front Street also burned down. As of this broadcast, we have not been able to account for all of our staff. And I'm hoping for their safety and the best from this tragedy but reports as of today are that over 36 people have lost their lives in the fires this is the story of how i met mick fleetwood and how i came to open up this iconic restaurant in lahaina maui on front street fleetwoods on front street how did i get here I mean, Mick Fleetwood is now sitting directly in front of me in my new restaurant in Santa Barbara, his long legs stretched out and kicking my shins under the table. True story. We've got a nice bottle of Mick's favorite red, a Beaujolais and is open in front of us. The cork is on its side on the table between us. And I nervously play with it, pinching both ends. I'm staining my fingertips red. And to my right is my business partner in the restaurant, Chef Scott Liebfried. Scott's the best chef I've ever worked with. He's made the best food that I've ever tasted. And with a voice like a gravel truck and a body like a pit bull, which surprisingly somehow always moved gracefully down his cook line, Cutting through his staff like a ghost that was never there, he plated with the precision of a surgeon and an artist at the very same time. He made some really great food. 
mixed friend and bodyguard, Ryan sits at a table behind us. He's carefully surveying the empty back room. Another member of mixed team is also there. He that I will not mention because he isn't worth mentioning and you know who you are. It is here in the back of the restaurant in a dark corner booth over this bottle of wine and food that the deal is made. Mick has decided that Scott and I will be the hospitality team to open his restaurant. A childhood dream he's had since he was nine. Am I really going to help Mick Fleetwood realize a dream of nearly six decades? Goffin here, songwriter, host, and producer of Song Chronicles. If you ever get stage fright when sharing your songs with the public and you're not sure what to say between songs, one way to get better is to create connection and collaboration opportunities with the nurturing guidance of someone who has been there. We'll look at some of the ways that the beliefs that hold you back did not originate with you, and I'll give you some strategies that worked for me that aim to empower you to get you to the place you've been telling yourself is just a far-off dream. With these strategies, you'll move closer to embracing the truth of your unique voice and story, and not only realize you didn't miss the boat, but that in fact, you are the boat. Seize the moment and reserve your place now. Promo discount code IAMTHEBOAT, all lowercase. Go to louisegoffin.com, pull down the menu Songwriting Academy, reserve your spot now. Like to watch? Subscribe to The Jeremiah Show on YouTube.
Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. Today we're talking about Fleetwoods on Front Street, which was lost to the fires in Maui on a Wednesday, sadly. Um, I don't know if you know, listeners probably know by now that I'm up, I opened Fleetwoods with Mick and was a part of that opening team um, and a partner in the restaurant. And so uh, it's just tragic. Everything that's happened over there in Maui is tragic and, and most importantly to the people that live there. Uh, I decided to tell the story. I've never done this. Uh, I've told the story on air here. How I came to open and be hired to open and eventually became a partner with Mick Fleetwood, iconic drummer and founder of Fleetwood Mac. Sadly and tragically, uh, yesterday, Front Street and Fleetwoods on Front Street burned down. And as of this broadcast, we have not been able to account for all of the staff. So if you're out there and you hear this, Fleetwoods on Front Street staff, many of whom I know still, that still work there from day one, um, I'm hoping for your safety and for the the best outcome from this horrible tragedy, whatever that can be. Um, Reports as to di- as of today that over 36 people have lost their lives, and uh, that just breaks my heart. How did I get here? When I was about 10 years old, I have a distinct memory of sitting on hardwood floors, and my body was like half lying on this tapestry rug that my mom had, and my chin on my knees, staring at the Fleetwood Mac Rumors album. We were in our log cabin in Stevensville, Montana. I mean, this is a true, one of the only memories I have of my childhood. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've, I've got a horrible memory. But I remember this moment. Um, directly in front of me, I was sitting beneath a tower. I mean, yes, a tower of sound equipment. Uh, speakers and a record player and, and the amps and everything else my, that my dad had. He loved music. There's an endless stack of records next to this tower of power. Night after night, I slowly went through each of these records. I loved the artwork on albums. Do you remember those albums when you actually had albums and you could hold them and and stare at the artwork? Um, I loved the logos of each band. I was a young artist, so I would practice the fonts and I would sketch out the band's logos. I did this for probably about 10 years on everything I could find. In a strange twist of fate, years later, I actually became friends and I am still good friends with the artist that designed the Fleetwood Mac logo and, in fact, that album cover, Rumors, the famous album that almost all of us have in some place, if whether it be a CD or in our playlist, Larry Vigon. Now, how strange is that? On this particular night, we were playing that Fleetwood Mac Rumors album, the particular night in my memory that's so strong. Other nights, it could have been James Taylor and was. The Eagles, Bob Dylan, Carol King, Joni Mitchell, John Denver. This is my parents' music. And so, 
like all of us when we're that age, that's our music. That's all we know. Each night the music was different, but my curiosity was the same. I loved the smell of the records. Peering over the jackets, opening up the jackets, reading the interiors, uh, the different artwork inside it, and especially the artwork. I would trace the band logos with my fingers. Later in high school, I would draw the band logos on my peachy folders while the teacher droned on. But back in the log cabin. I also remember that it was warm. I remember feeling safe. I remember that there were usually candles burning and that there was a fire lit in the fireplace. Logs popping off sparks. My mom doing the dishes and my dad was in his chair with his guitar strumming along with the music as it played. I never asked him, but I always suspected that he wanted to be a folk rock star like his hero, Bob Dylan. He would almost dress that way. He would play the guitar, trying to learn most of the songs and he would sing along. But instead of becoming a folk rock star my dad chose an honorable life of raising his family and he never chased those dreams but sometimes i think i could feel his sorrow and a secret longing to be a music artist in his playing and in his singing i think he would have made it a great musician so we are exiting my restaurant in santa barbara with mick we've just made the deal mick has just told us the great news. We are his team. On the way out the door, he sees our friend and a great bar regular. Many of you may know him out there or remember him. Richard Fancy Richardson. Richard sees Mick. Mick sees Richard as they're Mick's walking out the door. They both embrace. Richard pulls Mick into a corner of the bar. And his bodyguard, Ryan, is not real happy about this because now he's in the public and people are walking up to him and it's a little more of a sketchy situation, I guess. But Richard and Mick, they're the only two people in the room. That's all that matters. They catch up. Uh, excitedly, they share stories that no one can understand, like young British school children <laughs> with their heavy British accents. They're like long-lost friends. I thought it was a pretty, pretty cool moment. Richard Fancy Richardson was a bar staple around town, and most nights you could find him at my restaurants, uh, or my restaurant. He'd be sipping a Stoli with a lemon twist. Everybody called him Fancy. Why? Because he owned what now is my office. In my office, he owned Fancy Music. He's in the music business for decades. He sold guitars and drums and every other instrument you could think of to some of the biggest musicians and up-and-coming musicians. I Another weird twist of fate that I, my office is his old music store. He owned another one in Hollywood and then the one in Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara Street. My dad bought me my first guitar there. It was a replica of the red guitar with white stripes. 
that Eddie Van Halen played in Van Halen. Fancy used to tell everybody he was friends with Stevie Nicks, Mick Fleetwood, all the guys in Fleetwood Mac, Joe Walsh, Jackson Brown, Peter Noon, the members of The Who. Anyone who would listen, he would tell stories of his rock and roll heydays. I wasn't the only one who thought he was full of, you know, when he said he knew all of these people. But then one night at the Enterprise Fish Company, and he walked with an angel. She was literally wearing a white dress. And this is the first night that I met Stevie Nicks. Richard had just casually brought her in by, for a drink. I think he probably brought her in to shut everybody up to prove that he knew who he said he knew. And I never doubted him again. So it was neat to see him and Mick in the corner catching up like old friends. One last thing about Fancy. There's a line in a song by Joe Walsh. The song is called Life's Been Good to Me So Far. And there's a passage in the song that's all about Richard's house and the, the crazy parties that would happen up there. The party where you can't find the door was Richard's house on the Riviera here in Santa Barbara. It had four sliding glass doors that overlooked the city. One entire wall was sliding glass doors. It was really hard to find them when it was dark at 4 a.m. and you'd been up having fun. You could never find the door, as Joe Walsh says. Back in the restaurant... Mick is pulled away from Richard Fancy Richardson eventually, and they leave. Before we go into the stories of Fleetwoods on Front Street and a couple more behind the scenes here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about right after the break. Long, long before the success of Fleetwood Mac, when the band founder, which was Mick Fleetwood, was a kid, in the UK, and learning how to play the drums, he dreamed of having his own restaurant. We're going to tell you about that when we come back. I took my love, took it down. I climbed a mountain and I turned around. And I saw my reflection in snow-covered hills Till the landslide brought me down Oh, mirror in the sky, what is love? Can the child within my heart rise above? Can I sail through the changing ocean tides? Can I handle the seasons of my life? 
keep up, will you? There is a lot going on here. Subscribe and always be in the no crowd. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. The uh, song we went out with was uh, Fleetwood Mac Landslide. Stevie Nicks, so famous. But uh, I played the song because uh, I had some special guests on the island of Maui with me for a few months. And we climbed, we went up to the top of the volcano and watched the sun come up. And Landslide was playing as we drove up the mountain. And I just remember uh, that moment very clearly. So that goes out to... Uh, Amy, Zaria, and Erlia. Welcome back to the show. So sadly and tragically, yesterday, Front Street and Fleetwoods, Front Street in Lahaina, Maui, and Fleetwoods on Front Street, the restaurant that we had in Maui, uh, that was Mick Fleetwoods Restaurant, burned down. And as of this broadcast, we have not been able to account for all the staff. So if for some reason you hear this and you listen to this, please uh, let me know you're okay. How did I get here? Long before the success of Fleetwood Mac, when band founder Mick Fleetwood was a kid growing up in the United Kingdom and learning how to play the drums, he dreamed of having his own restaurant. His parents entrusted the then nine-year-old Mick Fleetwood with the stable of the old farmhouse that they lived in. Mick covered the walls, as he told me, with chicken wire, and he tied empty wine bottles in the chicken wire. He tried to make it look like a bar. He wanted it to be a speakeasy. Yes, it was a children's speakeasy. He called it Club Keller. And instead of booze for all of his friends, he poured Coca-Cola. He says, I used to serve up Smith's crisps and fish and chips and stuff for the children and the friends of mine that would come around. I had my radiogram and my drums in the club and it was my world. And ever since then, he dreamed of opening a restaurant. So here he is at 72 at the time this story takes place. And I became involved and got to know Mick and help him with his restaurant. He was 72 years old and I kept pinching myself going back to that memory and, uh, in Montana when I was like 10 myself and probably around his age and looking at his album cover and, and just liking the music because my parents liked it. And here I am. Wow. I get to help him open his dream. A short month later after our dinner that night at Arch Rock Fish in Santa Barbara, where Mick hired Scott and I to open his restaurant, I flew out to the location of what was to become Fleetwood's on Front Street, Mick's new restaurant in Lahaina's Old Town District on Front Street. Once upon a time, it was a Planet Hollywood, and the doors closed on that Planet Hollywood in 1994. 
It was now 2011. I flew out there to inventory all of the restaurant small wares, the hollow wares, silverware, glasses, kitchen equipment, and the old point of sale systems. I needed to value everything. I was salvaging what I could. And if I remember right, the value came out to about $84,000. There was no air conditioning. This is an old restaurant, remember, that I'm going through with a bookkeeper. No lights. We had flashlights. And I just remember it being hot as hell and smelled like an empty fry machine, like just grease, you know, that old smell like grease in an old restaurant. Uh, I, I can still burn into my nostrils right now. I can smell it. It was a really bad, I thought it was a good idea to inventory everything. And I offered up that idea, but in the end, uh, I wish I wouldn't have said anything. <laughs> that night though, I had dinner with Mick and some possible investors. And if I, my memory is correct on that night, it was the Colt family. As in Colt 44, a uh, wife and, and a couple daughters, they were so cool, so nice. Their 183-foot selling yacht, Regina, which was featured in Sam Mendes' Skyfall, James Bond movie, was docked in front of the restaurant. They laughed and they talked about leaving it docked there as part of the scenery of the restaurant somehow and letting guests VIP guests go out to the yacht. It's just beautiful. If you haven't seen Skyfall 007, check it out. Over the next few months, between the investor meetings and flights to Maui, we began to put together Mixed Dream Restaurant. Back in LA, at music manager Carl Stubner's Sure Tone office, we met the investors for a final time, and we presented the pro form and investment details I remember standing up in front of all these great people and uh, with a lot of money and big checkbooks and sweating. Carl Stubner is Mick's manager all these years, and he's guided the careers of a number of prominent entertainers, including Fleetwood Mac, Motley Crue, Rat, ZZ Top, and his first client was Andrew Dice Clay. Now, Carl is hilarious, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him in a minute. We we wrapped the meeting. We got the money in this first meeting. It was just everybody was high and excited. Um, it was a success. We decided to go across the street to my uh, to Mastro's Steakhouse in Beverly Hills. And uh, in the parking garage, I'm getting in my I don't know. It was a BMW, I think. Uh, Scott's getting into his Jeep and. A car screeches up behind us, um, a souped up, I don't know what it was, it looked like a Ferrari, and Carl rolls down the window, and he says, you guys are driving those things? He's like, Justin Timberlake gave this one to me, and he, <laughs> this car to me, one of 11, Justin got 11 of these cars, and he gave one to, to, to Carl Stubner. Yeah, these are the kind of people I'm now uh, dealing with. <laughs> so we go over to uh, Mastro's in Beverly Hills. It's just an amazing place. We get out. I'm following Mick. The doors are whisked open. Now imagine this wealth, the smell of incredible food, 
hits me in the face. Cold martinis flew by, high atop silver trays, a piano player banging out lively, great Gatsby-era tunes. Women and men's laughter engulfed me. All were enjoying their privileged evening at Mastro's of Beverly Hills. The men were dressed to the nines. The women sparkled. And I thought of that Counting Crows song with the line... To see the way that light attaches to a girl. We're seated at a circular table the size of the moon. Mick is across from me. Always the prankster, always the clown. I'm soon discovering. He does napkin tricks (laughs) over his face while he's only looking at me. For some reason, I'm not uncomfortable. (laughs) Slash from Guns N' Roses stops by. And Carl and Mick stand up and hug him. Slashed is dressed as you would expect him to, to be, as you always see him. He's got on the top hat, the leather vest, the skin-tight leather pants, all black. His wife joins his side. I hadn't met her, but she's introduced to the table, and most of the people there, except for me, knew her. If you blurred your eyes, you wouldn't be able to distinguish one from the other slash or his wife they look like twins they're the same height tall hair big clothes tight black these are what real rock stars look like chains leather hair attitude cool and for some reason the miles davis album title pops in my head the birth of cool at the end of the meal When the $6,000 check is presented, Carl hands the server his black card. Mick ignores the transaction, and I'm, I'm watching because I'm just curious about how this whole thing works. Mick ignores it. He asks, this is his man, his man Carl. Carl takes care of the bills. Mick just looks good. He's a rock star. He doesn't deal with those things. But I know he's going to get the bill eventually. (laughs) <laughs> staring at me McFleetwood by the way is staring at me as this whole thing goes on Mick stands and he begins walking slowly around the big moon table towards me his eyes are not leaving mine we're, we're like locked in his six foot five inch frame starts to slowly vanish below the table as if he's descending into the basement of Mastro's. I'm confused. But when he gets to my chair, he pops up and then pulls out a chair next to me and sits down. So he's doing like that elevator thing around the table. He's a goofball. (laughs) He says, matter of factly to me, Jeremiah, I want you to teach me everything about the restaurant business, okay? I want to learn all of it. And I say to him, even like bussing tables, <laughs> all of it. And this wasn't the first time that I was impressed with Mick. It would not be the last. As the check was signed and the coffee and the dessert was savored, Mick and I talked. 
And I told him how when I walked the floor as an owner or a manager of a restaurant, I would casually scan the room. My eyes are going everywhere. I'm noticing everything. A piece of paper on a table, a fork on the floor, the lighting's not right, music's not right. I'm looking for opportunities to prove on the guest experience is what I tell him. I said, see that girl over there? Her shoulders are hunched and her jacket over are draped over her shoulders tightly. Mick nodded. She is under the air conditioning and she's chilled right now. When you are tense or if you're chilled like that in a restaurant, you're not going to enjoy the meal. You may not even realize that the two are connected that the cold, that the tense that you feel, that the meal just doesn't taste as good as it should. It's probably because you're cold. Do you hear, I asked Mick, how the music creates a sound curtain between our large party and that table three feet away? They can't hear us, and we can't hear them. It's a dull roar, and it's perfect. If the volume was any lower, everyone would become uncomfortable. Everyone would... Be worried at their table and our table that we could hear each other. If it was any louder, the music, everyone would be shouting at each other and unable to really carry a conversation. And the lighting has to be just so to make the women and men feel beautiful. It's a stage in a restaurant. It's an art. And if you get any of these elements wrong and the guest will leave they won't feel perfectly satisfied, and most likely they won't know why they didn't enjoy themselves. So it's subtle, and it's a dance, and it's an art. So Mick at this point gets really excited and starts nodding and moving around. Yes, I dig it, I dig it. <laughs> he said that, yes, I dig it, I dig it. It's like when I'm on the drum riser. I see everyone on the stage. I see the audience's faces. I see their reactions. I can see if they're enjoying it or they're not. I can see John and Christine and Stevie and Lindsay, and I can point to a roadie and get a get a, a guitar pick if John has dropped one. I can get the lighting change. I can direct the whole group. So I get it. It's just like that, isn't it? We'll be right back. seven every time by advertising on the jeremiah show and get your message out on seven shows we're always on the radio
Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. I'm telling the story um, about how I met Mick Fleetwood, how I became his restaurant guy, and then how I eventually uh, invested into the restaurant. I'm telling some of these behind-the-scenes stories that I've never shared before. So uh, we're in our final segment. How did I get here? I wish my mom and my dad could be here, is what I thought. You know, with Mick Fleawood having dinner at Mastro's Steakhouse in Beverly Hills after signing and, and raising all the money that we needed to open up his restaurant, his dream restaurant, which he was going to call Fleetwood's on Front Street in Lahaina, Maui. And we're talking and having dinner with musicians uh, like Slash and others that come by and, and see Mick. Scott and I have landed in Maui. This is about three weeks later after our dinner. We were greeted by a half-sauced Carl Stubner wearing flip-flops, board shorts, no shirt, and a big yellow hat, exactly like the man with the yellow hat from the Curious George books. It's the exact same hat. And he's happy. We throw our luggage in the Suburban, and he, we take off. But we're like, wait a minute, Carl. How much Maui rum have you had? Pineapples. So after we had crisscrossed the highway a few times, making X's <laughs> instead of a straight line, and we dipped in and out of the pineapple plantations a few times, uh, we had Scott take over and drive the car, the Suburban. He drove us up the side of the volcano. We were headed to Mick's ranch on the volcano. And the ranch is 110 beautiful acres. And on that property lived a little pot-bellied pig named Tilly. Tilly, like a little puppy, ran up and greeted Mick and all of us and Mick dropped to his knees, rolled around in the grass with Tilly, and I've got some great pictures of that. <laughs> that night, after we'd put away our luggage and opened a bottle of Beaujolais, we walked down to the black-bottomed pool, perched high above Maui, looking towards Lahaina. The black water, because of the black-bottomed pool, reflected the orange the setting sun and in the ripples i could almost see stevie nicks and the rest of the band members of fleetwood max splashing in that water they must have had some great nights in that pool rock gods on top of their volcano as the maui sun slowly set into the sea we popped a few more bottles of mixed beaujolais and uh, beaujolais and settled in comfortably into the farmhouse there were tapestry rugs in every room there was a big drum set that greeted us at the door there were stacks of records and books and musical instruments the house is a-framed with floor-to-ceiling glass windows and on the wall were pictures of mick with people like john lennon and other musician friends paul mccartney it was amazing mick with john f kennedy most of the pictures are black and white. They're private. They were just for Mick 
and of him and his friends. The pictures weren't pretentious. They weren't on the walls to show off. In fact, most of them were haphazardly leaning against walls. But they were life pictures. They were pictures of his life taken by him for him. Once when I went into the bathroom on the back of the toilet seat, there was a framed picture of Mick and I think it was Iggy Pop making goofy faces at the camera. And when I put the lid down, it almost fell into the toilet. (laughs) The night wound down and Mick sat alone on a couch directly across from me, his back to the glass windows, strumming a ukulele. He hardly said a word as the rest of us talked, Carl, Scott, and I. He just kept strumming the ukulele, giving us incredible concert with Mick Fleawood uh, and great background music. You see, Eddie Vedder had just been at the ranch the day before we arrived, and he had gifted Mick this ukulele that he's playing. The song that he was playing was sad, and along with the sound of the Maui night drifting in through the open doors, it was so beautiful. One by one, the others went to bed, Scott and then Carl, and now it was just me and Mick. I drank my Beaujolais, I'm sure my teeth were red, my lips stained. And when it was gone, I opened one bottle after another for Mick and I. I was his audience of one, and I kept thinking, how did I get here? The moment and the experience was once in a lifetime. Mick's song had progressed over the hours and now it taken full form. The melody's tearing and manipulating my emotions in a sweet, beautiful way that only music can truly do, how it opens you up. And Mick played quicker, more sure of what the song had become. But then suddenly he stopped playing and he looked at me. And after a moment he said thoughtfully, do you ever find that you continue to fall in love with the same woman over and over? His question struck me as profound because before getting on the plane to Maui, I had just broke up with my girlfriend. And it seemed that I kept falling in love with the same girl in different forms over and over, making the same mistakes over and over. And that's what his love song was about. What I didn't know at the time and later found out was that Mick and his wife had just separated and she had taken both of the girls back to uh, Malibu. Um, It was in the Playboy article that was written about the restaurant, so I'm not giving away any secrets here. But had uh, Mick known? Was it obvious in some way? I nodded to his question. I told him that was the most beautiful song that I'd ever heard. And I meant it. I mean... It was a beautiful, beautiful song. I said, I wished I could have a recording of the song. He said, 
I won't remember it in the morning. 2.30 a.m. Mix Ranch, Maui. He and I have, by the count on the counter of the empty bottles, we've finished four bottles of Beaujolais. All of the rooms are full, unfortunately, Mick tells me. Uh, but let me take you up to my guest house. It's just up the road on the farm here. So we go outside and we get into a little blue Datsun pickup truck. Uh, if you've seen these, it's a farm truck. It's small. It's not much more than a go-kart. And I remember thinking, why did he pick this toy truck to drive me up there? There were Suburbans and various, various other cars strewn around the driveway and Mick could barely fit his legs in this little pickup truck. <laughs> I have a feeling that he, 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 he pretended he was a rancher in that truck. <laughs> he had a bunch of tools in the back. We meander slowly up the road, up the volcano on his ranch. It's, it's a private ranch. There's no traffic. It's just a little dirt road up to the little guest house. And about a half mile away, I can see the light. Inside, Mick takes me from one room to the next, slowly showing me where everything is located in the house. He bends over the tub and he turns on the hot water, showing me how to turn on the cold water at a particular angle at the same time so as not to get scolded by the hot water. And I stood behind him in this small bathroom, and I caught myself in the mirror. My face was clearly full of wonder. Was this really Mick Fleetwood, rock star since before I was born, showing me how to turn on the water? <laughs> he also showed me how to use the remote, but uh, I had to figure it out on my own. It wasn't the right instructions later. We opened the restaurant. Fleetwoods on Front Street in 2012. In fact, Saturday is our 11th anniversary. And I lived on that island for nine months as a guest in mixed condo at the Hanuakai. For those nine months, Maui was my playground, and the people of Maui and Lahaina were my friends, and to this day, I feel my family. I love them all. The valet guys who were my friends, so eager to run up and grab my door and uh, see how my day was. I saw them every morning when I left to the restaurant and every day when I came back. There was a restaurant called Duke's. There's one in Malibu. Um, there was a restaurant there at Hanukkah called Duke's. There were just usually three guys, same guys that worked there every night. They all had the bartender jokes. They were always having fun. They were always messing with each other. And I would go there every night for a dinner and a drink. I loved to laugh away the day with them. I owe a special debt of gratitude and love for Mike Butler and his wife, Brenda. They picked up everything that they own to move to the rock and help me open Fleetwoods on Front Street. Thank you, guys. I'm glad we shared that experience together. And my good, dear friend, the designer of Fleetwoods on Front Street, Eddie Benton. At this hour, I am hoping that Ashley Leal, whom I trained as a server when we first opened, is okay. So Ashley, if you hear this, please say, say something. Say, say hello to us. Um, Ashley soon became the general manager of Fleetwoods and has been for many years now. 
almost a decade after Mike left. Our executive chef, Eric Morissette, I am also hoping you are safe at this hour. I want to thank all the little stores and the restaurants and the bars and the people that fed me and took care of me while I was out there. I miss all of you guys. I'll never forget any of you or the kindness that you showed me when we all pitched in to help Mick Fleetwood create Fleetwoods on Front Street. Mick, your dreams became our dream, and I hope that we made you proud. Fleetwoods on Front Street was an iconic restaurant and will live on in so many memories forever. It's a fitting tribute to the name above the door. And thank all of you who have visited our restaurant and helped support the lives of the staff members that live there. I appreciate appreciate all of you more than you know. Love and thoughts to my Maui family. Because we don't know when we will die, we get to think of life as an inexhaustible well. Yet everything happens only a certain number of times, and a very small number, really. How many more times will you remember a certain afternoon of your childhood? Some afternoon that's so deeply a part of your being that you can't even conceive of your life without it. Perhaps four or five times more. Perhaps not even that. How many more times will you watch the full moon rise? Perhaps 20. And yet it all seems limitless. This is comedian Maz Jobrani, and you are listening to The Jeremiah Show. Listen, man. Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. My name's Danny Trejo. Jeremiah, your love, Holmes.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 